Hi, this is Ashley Eckstein, voice of Ahsoka Tano, and thank you for listening to the Super Awesome Geek Show. Oh, it's a fox. I see it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hiding behind my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> what am I hiding behind? Oh, I still have the Chewy Wookie robe on, huh? You know, you almost look like a West Virginia redneck, so you would have fit in here. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it could have very easily been camouflage. <laughs> it's Bigfoot. Shoot him. <laughs> uh, it's moving. Shoot him. Come <laughs> right for us. It definitely does make you think twice. So I live in West Virginia now, and it definitely does make you think twice every time you're going to go hiking in the woods. Like, what hunting season is it right now? Yes, and how so. bright should I wear clothes? Yeah, I usually <laughs> go for, like, road cone orange for every season because it's yeah. always safe. That's hilarious. My <laughs> friend lives in uh, Pennsylvania, and she goes hunting. I think she wears orange or bright pink. Yeah, it's just a smart thing to do. Even if it's, like, squirrel hunting season, there's people that anything that moves, they're going to shoot it. So better safe than plugged. Rabbit season. Duck season. <laughs> Rabbit season. I love that. <laughs> I am John, Wookiee impersonator and a Ladrin warlock with the Warriors of the Stars. Along came Jason, my bearded friend. Fabulous secret ideas revealed to me the day he came to my house and said... I want to make a podcast! Only two others share this secret. Eric of the Loch Ness and Jacob. Together we started talking about toys, comics, games, and movies on the Super Awesome Geek Show! Hello and welcome to another exciting adventure with the Super Awesome Geek Show. I'm John, your host. And since I see this giant robot on my screen, I'm going to let Mad go first. Say hello, Mad. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm Mad B, and I'm a video game illustrator for Beamdog in Canada. Ooh. Oh, Canada. <laughs> Yay. Have you watched any hockey lately? Uh, no. No? no. Do, you, do you still? Uh, sometimes, I mean, I miss going to the Silver Tips games. Those yeah, were yeah. fun yeah, in we Seattle, to... in Everett. But yeah, we used to um, since I moved up here, I I've actually been too busy with work to actually like go see a hockey game. You can't have fun. Fun's not allowed at a video game company. No. God. <laughs> All right, I see at the top of the other section of my screen is Jason Rigdon. Say hello. Hello. Anything you want to tell everybody about you? No. <laughs> Typical Jason Rigdon. Yes. Hey, can we call you Rigdon since we got two Jasons yep. today, yep. or or R or something like yep. that? All right. Yeah, Rigdon sounds good. All right. So the other Jason we have is Jason Connolly. Yay! Hello from Issaquah. We'll call you Washington. Connolly, right? Connolly's fine. Jason. JC. Jcon is what they used to call me at work. Oh, the old Jcon. Yeah. Jcon. What's <laughs> up, dog? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like fist pumping talk there i tell you it is happy to be here very happy very excited to be here yeah all right because we have an extremely special guest today and christina Pryor is going to tell us a little bit about herself and then introduce this guest because christina set it up Ooh. yes hi um i'm christina and i am really happy that we have three ladies tonight because that is awesome <laughs> it's three and three yes it's three and three that's exciting um yes i brought our guest miss uh her book says jb rockwell is jennifer um and she wrote serengeti and i'm so excited because i read it and it's so good and i am glad she's here to talk with us you're like my number one fan, you know that? I think I'm almost everybody's number one fan. <laughs> no, you're mine. I don't okay. share well. Okay, I will <laughs> gladly be yours. You can fight off anybody else. But what does so she I, have to use? Um, lightsaber. Oh, okay, lightsabers. That's appropriate. All right. Crap, my batteries died. 
<laughs> could we use like toothpicks at dawn or something? I'm much better yes. with a toothpick. Are you Seriously. good at yes. flinging or just fighting? I've got some mad ninja toothpick skills. All right. <laughs> you know, if you can get one in each finger, you can kind of flick, 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 flick like rapid fire. Oh, I yeah. have like I have like four in each hand. Yeah. And I just. <laughs> It's like Gambit. Like, I'm, I'm tempted to change in my Twitter profile that I'm your number one fan and she will fight off people with toothpicks. There you go. Oh, I like yeah. it. There you go. Yeah. So, Jennifer, tell us. I, let's. Uh, who here? I have not read the book, so I'm going to come at it from a standpoint of new. Since, Chris, since Christina did read the book, you know, we'll contrast it that way. But new I want skeptical. No, it looks cool. <laughs> it looks awesome. Yeah, half, half mad. Matt is excited to read it. And yeah, I'm. It actually popped up on my "You should read this" list on uh, Amazon, and I was like, "Yes, it's Love totally Amazon. my jam." So I'm all over it. That's my awesome. jam. Peanut butter. Connolly rigged into either of you? No, I, I did not read it. I'm a newbie. <laughs> Do either of you have any questions? Jennifer, why don't you, if not? So, I'm Jen. Uh, I usually only go by Jennifer when I'm in trouble. So, we'll go with that. Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I go by JB for writing because I was like, you know, I got to get it shorter. Jen is still three. I got to go down to two. Oh. So, uh, so yeah, I'm an author um, on the side. Obviously, not a lot of people can make a living at authoring, and I'm one of those. So, um, mild manner authored by night and IT person by day. How boring is that? <laughs> um, I have three cats because that's very authorly as well. You seem to have to have a cat if you're an author. Um, and I live in West Virginia. So that's a little about about me. Uh, you want to know about the book? Yeah. What's it yeah. about? Yeah. Okay. So Serengeti is about an AI warship named Serengeti. So main character. The the main character is actually the ship, which is a little bit different. People don't quite expect that. Um, and so the basic premise is that Serengeti is this AI warship, and she's in a big battle, and she gets wrecked, and then her fleet leaves her. And she's out in the middle of nowhere, um, and she can't get back. Her, her, her engines are down. She's got no comms. She's got nothing. And her crew's stuck with her. And so the whole sto- the big part of the story is about her trying to figure out how to save her crew. So that's the basic premise of it is some, some battles and then some saving. So coming at it completely new. Yes. And, and if you don't want to ruin it, you don't have to. Okay. If this even is a ruin it question. Is it total mechanical AI, or is there any, like, living part to the ship? So she's a sentient AI, so um, very emotional, not at all like the Star Trek computer, tell me what the vectors and ranges are. Um, <laughs> she, has, she has a ton of personality, and that was one of the things I wanted to do, is obviously if she's going to be the main character, she has to do more than just run calculations and spit out little pieces of code. Um, so yeah. she's not at all organic, but um, through uh, so th- through her creation and then learning, she has she is very close to her crew and displays a lot of emotion towards her human crew and then also her robot crew. Crew, yeah. That's so. what I loved most is about it is like sh- the emotions behind her and her crew and. It was just, you just, it sucks, literally sucks you in. Um, just the crew and the, and Serengeti and everything. You just feel like you're part of the ship, like you're there. That's, that's what I loved most. Okay. That oh, oh, Well, there's other things I loved, but you know I, what she said. <laughs> yeah, there, there, it, it just, you felt like you were standing there and as a bystander watching this all happen. And that's, I think that that's what made me like so deep in love with the book. Neat. And obviously there's a whole bunch of other ships and other AIs in the story. And I tried to give them sort of unique personalities. So there's, there's some of them are snarky and some of them are frankly kind of dicks. And mm-hmm. so I tried to kind of capture the range of human, of human personalities in these AIs rather than making them cookie cutters of one another. So I tried to play with it a little bit. So are you, are you um, saying that maybe you said that they learn as they go along. So maybe some right. of the crew on other ships haven't quite treated the computer 
as as well. Like they're always passive aggressive toward us. No, it's got like a you know gl- like a personality glitch. There definitely is an undercurrent to that of some humans not distrusting the AI because, you know, they created them and now they're better than them and smarter than them and they could crush them like bugs. Um, And so there's definitely an element of that. And a a big piece of Serengeti is how close she and her captain and his name's Henriksen are, um, where he really bonded with the AI and vice versa. And that crew is very close to her. But although you don't get to see a lot of the other crews, there's there's that undercurrent that on other ships it isn't quite the same oh okay so um and then there's even like a hierarchy within the ai where there are different generations of ai and the 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 more recent ones look down on the older ais and they look down on the robots so i tried to kind of create this little subculture of ai that was in it so i'm trying to create this whole society of ai that developed in the future and um, unlike a lot of, of, you know, in a lot of movies, the AIs just, they go evil, right? Yeah. You see Ex Machina, and, and she was just flat out evil. She just killed to get loose into the world. And I didn't want Serengeti to be that. I wanted to show what an AI could be without being evil. Yeah. Huh. I, I like the idea of just having different ones at different developmental stages and different things like that. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah, some people liked it, some didn't. It's really interesting when you um, look at the feedback because some wanted the the evil AI or the very mechanical AI, and then some, like Christina, appreciated that there was some emotion and some personality. So it's just very interesting when you dip your toe into that arena. There's some very strong feelings about how AI should be. Well, I think... Mm -hmm. That AI will be totally just like us, and each individual will decide on his own if it's going to be good and evil. That's kind of where I went with them. Is that <laughs> over? T- I mean, they they were d- designed one way, and then over time they developed their different personalities. So that was kind of the way I took it. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys think? Anyone want to pipe in with their ideas? How well, is AI going to look? Or yeah, question. Um, so in the process of writing this book, did you do any sort of research on AI development or personalities or just, or any sort of just, you know, research on robotics? You know, a little bit, but not a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't like to get heavy into the science side of it. I'm, believe it or not, I I started out as a, as an archeology span major. So I tend to focus more on the, the personality side and the character side of it. And so, you know, a lot of it is your tv and book research like you watch sci-fi movies you read sci-fi books um but then there were certain things that i would that i definitely had to do research on to make sure like i didn't break the laws of science completely in stating how things happened and luckily i have a friend a writer friend who's a science geek and so i would consult him and say would this even work and uh he kind of laughed at me a lot of times it was entertaining (laughs) um so yeah so for my books i try not to get too heavily into the science side of it but enough that it's it's at least plausible so that's more of the set and the setting but it's really right. the relationships right that you're when you go and this is uh jason Conley, by the way when you're going to set up your characters i'm really curious about the process of do you just kind of let the story unfold or, or or are you kind of kind of a strategic writer where you kind of like plot characters out before you start to go into creative writing mode or how do you, how do you, how do you approach that? So, um, I'm kind of a mess. Uh, I would love to be a strategic writer, but it just doesn't work for me. And I'm so impressed with the writers that can sit down and plot it all out. So what I normally do is I, I know who like the central character is and, and mm-hmm. a couple of characters and I have a rough idea of what they're going to be like. And when I start writing, I literally know how it's going to start how it's going to end in one big thing in the middle, and that's it. Wow, okay. <laughs> so it's an adventure just as much for you. It really is. <laughs> so do and you, then, yeah. then the side characters come along as I'm writing is, okay, now I need this guy. And then when I create him, I decide on the fly whether he's going to make it to the end of the book or not. And oh. sometimes I'm right. <laughs> wow. Have you, ever, have you ever been surprised? Have you uh, kind of started off on a journey where maybe you've had a particular character predetermined and because of creativity events have happened where you've changed your mind and been surprised yourself? Yeah, I actually, not in this book, but another book I wrote that isn't published yet. Um, I ended up killing off a character that I didn't expect to. Oh. And it was hard. 
I did not want to kill him, but I realized that it, it really gave the book a good twist. So, yeah, it's, sometimes you get really invested in these characters and then you have to sacrifice them. Right. Oh, my gosh. Hmm. So how when you're writing your book, how do you keep track of all those characters? In other words, you know, I mean, do you just kind of keep a written tally where you, they kind of come in as a utility and some of them hang around and maybe some of them, well, like that last one, dies maybe unexpectedly? How do you keep track of all that stuff for continuity's sake? Yeah, I'm pretty low-key um, and old-fashioned-y. I have a little moleskin notebook and I jot nice. down little yep. notes. Someday <laughs> I will it. be grown, in, grown up enough to use like Scrivener where they have all sorts of neat little utilities for that, but I so right, but for right now, my little moleskin notebook works for me. See, I think that's great. I just got done reading a book called Stephen King's On Writing, mm -hmm. where he talks about his writing process. Right. And he does everything longhand. I'm just first. so impressed by that. I couldn't do that. You have to, you have to be in front of uh, you have to be tickling the keyboard keys, huh? Yeah, I get really impatient with longhand writing. I mm. love it for scribbling down ideas. Yeah. But I'll sit there and start writing lo longhand or even doing edits on printouts and I get so impatient that I end up back in front of the keyboard. Oh, cause just, just simply from the speed, the, the, the thought of your brain, your, your key, you're able to type faster to keep up with your mind than you are handwriting wise. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I'm not saying it's pretty writing. I mean, sure. my first drafts are pretty, their words are missing and there's all sorts of interesting spellings of things. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, be that becomes the name of a new ship maybe or a new language. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes I don't even know what I meant. I'm reading this sentence and there's a key verb missing. I'm like, I don't even know what's supposed to be happening here. You know, I bet you there's a lot of people listening who are actually taking great comfort <laughs> in actually hearing that, right? Because it's like sometimes you, know, you could be writing something and you lose your train of thought and you go, where the heck was I going with this? Or you leave out a certain word or you make up new words. So I think there's a lot of people right now that are going, hey, me too, me too. So. <laughs> I do crack myself up sometimes with my typos because, of course, autocorrect will fix some things to, think, to what it thinks you want. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. no, yeah. I did not want that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What was that other one the other day, Christina, where it changed it? It changed it to pillow. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to type out somebody's name and it turned it to pillow. <laughs> I was like, I think I know who he means. That's, so they're very comforting to you is what I'm yeah, thinking. There you go. Yeah, there yes. you go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so when you talk about the sci-fi, I noticed just kind of reading the uh, little blurb on Sarah Getty, you used the term dark star. Is that a throwback? Is there a special meaning to dark star? Because I know when I hear the term dark star, I think of John Carpenter's sci-fi adventure films, Deborah Hill's work with him. Is there any kind of tie to that or is that just simply coincidence? I, mean, uh, I wish I could say there was, but now it's coincidence. Are you Are you surprised how many people – find meaning that was never intended in your work and you just kind of and they ask you about it and you just kind of nod and go sure that sounds good it's you know yeah because then then i'm like damn it why am i not that deep <laughs> <laughs> so i'll have people like with all these theories about what this meant and this yeah. and that and i'm like dude I'm just really shallow because, no, I, I'm really impressed, but no, was not going there. <laughs> I love it. So that's the hard part is you just you know, write this story and you're really proud of it. And then somebody finds this really deep meaning and you're like, oh, I suck. Right. <laughs> well, it's interesting, right? As soon as you put your art into the public, in a way, it kind of doesn't become your own, right? Because people bring their own history, their own perspectives their own feelings and emotions to it. In a way, it does kind of morph and become bigger than its an original intent. Do you find that to be the case as far as when fandom comes and talks to you about your stuff? Yeah, it's really interesting when um, people say what it reminds them of or they compare it to something. And mm. I've, it, I've had a, two or three different um, reviews where they compared it to Star Trek. And I'm like, huh? but it's not Star Trek. I mean, there's the the... The ship oh. is it, it's a sh about a ship and Star Trek ship doesn't talk and I and I'm like puzzled for the but it's not said in a derogatory way so I'm taking it as a compliment and, right yeah. um you know the best part <clears throat> is when when they compare your writing to a, another author they like even if it's an author that you're not familiar with it, that's always a good compliment um you know on the flip side they say well it's no Neil Gaiman I'm like well yeah, <laughs> I didn't claim to be, dude. <laughs> or you right. can just simply respond, "Who's Neil?" Yeah, I know. <laughs> the what right. now? Yeah. 
Yeah, so it, it is really interesting and, and entertaining and, you know, sometimes frustrating. But, um, you know, that's like you said, that's part of putting yourself out there is you got to expect that for every person that really likes your work, um, there's going to be three or four that either don't like it or flat out hate it or whatever. And, and uh, it's kind of hard to grow that thick skin, but you slowly sure. do over time. Sure. Are you surprised yeah. at those people that might – let's call them naysayers – are you surprised at how much energy they put into letting you know that they didn't like the book? Are you surprised at that at times? Yeah, there's like such a visceral reaction. And, and um, you know, on the one hand, I'm flattered that they hated me that much. I mean, so, but still. At least still, there's a passion, right? There's a passion there at least. Yeah. You have a perspective. The hard part is you're like, okay, I can understand you're not liking it, but you really like disliked it that much? Wow. I feel then, your pain. You know, and then you want to get in touch with them. Like, what do you like then? I'm going to sit down and have coffee with you because i got to yeah, figure this out. I'm going to psychoanalyze you. So, yeah, it's it's just – it's really, really interesting. Um, there was one girl that she's like, this was my first sci-fi book ever. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yours was my second sci-fi book ever. Or, Did you know or... what was going on? Yes. <laughs> well, it, I don't know if it was the second. I don't know. Well, no, I read some fantasies, so it's not fantasies. It's not the same. But, um, no, I knew what was going on. I was just sitting there going, whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay. Like, I had to sit there and let my mind try and think of and imagine the story. Because when I read... I visualize everything I read. And when I say I want to see a book as a movie, I usually truly definitely mean it. And can I call someone to make that happen? Because I want to see that on screen, man. So when I say that, it's because my head has imagined wonderful things. Um, um, it's I, I always laugh when I hear books on audio because I'm like, oh, that's how they said that name, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. So, you know, I'm like, I thought oh. it was Ben. No, it's Blue Bear. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, just like, and, huh? and, and that was a weird experience for me because they they put the book out in audio book and suddenly there's this person reading the book, which is odd in and of itself. And then it was a – luckily they got a woman, which I was very glad about because main character Serengeti. She's a female. She's – everything about her is female. But then she starts doing the male characters. And she did – I mean this lady did an awesome job. It was Elizabeth Wiley who's just amazing. She's did just a fantastic job with it. But you have in your mind what the characters sound like. And, of course, she's going through and she's doing a great job of giving each one a, a unique sound. But it's not like it sounds in my head. So that was such an <laughs> odd experience to me. So, um, Did you have any selection in who was the going to read the audio? Were you part of that? Pro, kind of let us in on the on the on the business side of uh, authordom, if you will. Yes. But they just kind of said, you know what, we're the publisher, we know, and we're just going to do it. How does yeah. That work? So this was my first time dealing with audiobook, and and they actually did. They sent me some audio clips of a few to choose from, and they said, so what do you think? And obviously, if I didn't like any of them, they would. They have a huge stable of narrators, and they could dip back in the pool. Um, and then uh, Elizabeth Wiley, just I, the clip I heard from her, I was like, yep, that's it. She's awesome. Let's go with her. And luckily she agreed to do it. So, yay. Hmm. <laughs> so that was just that was interesting. I had never done that side of the business before. So I'm always learning something new. I wanted that's... to go back to the ship real quick because I <clears throat> oh, sorry, pardon. I was just thinking, uh, Matt and Jason Rigdon here, you might mm -hmm. be able to help me out with this. But wasn't. In uh, was it Farscape that had all the different AIs that had personality in each ship? Uh, Farscape. Moira, yeah, the was ship it? was the ship was alive. But that so was she alive, had a, right? Okay. Yeah, she okay. had a person. Moya had a personality, but Pilot spoke for her. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Now but I will ship... say there there definitely were some Farscape influences in my book because I hey, love Farscape. That's so... a selling point for me. <laughs> <laughs> so while so Serengeti isn't a living ship like Moya, there were so many things I loved about Farscape, but I that I couldn't help but take some of that and apply it. So okay, so yeah. that's that's kind of the difference is that Moira was actually a living thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
That's right. Didn't she have a baby at one point in the? She did. Yes. She has yeah. Talon. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Her yeah. little killer baby. Yeah. 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 A little murder machine. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. <laughs> well, it was it was influenced by a crazy man, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Captain Crazy. Oh my god! I can't believe I remember all this. It's been like six years since I've seen Farscape. <laughs> I, I still haven't seen all of it, but I always put it on. I put it on once in a while. I come back to it, you know. I think I'm so in the middle it. of season four. I miss it, it so much. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I'm yeah. Yes, it is. That's where I keep going back to it on, yeah. And then I just pick up where I left off and watch it for a week or so and then go, oh, I'll put it away for a while and come back. <laughs> you're not, you're not one of those binge watchers like, I must watch it all. Uh, <laughs> it's, when they have like three or four seasons, I can't do that. But I get oh. down to it, you know? I'm the only one that does that then. Mm-hmm. No, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm doing that with Archer currently. I'm all Archer, Archer, Archer. <laughs> oh, there you go. Rigged it I loves love, Archer. I, I oh, love yeah. Archer. It's awesome. <laughs> I think I, I, I've, I get through about two episodes and then I have to go, then I have to wait a week or two and then go back to that one. I can't binge watch Archer, but the oh. one I, I like them on short stints. I, I, I don't know. I cannot explain to you what it is I love. I just sit there and go, ha ha. <laughs> you, know, you know, because just everything, I, Archer and Pam and I don't know. But um, no, I do have a question. So there are some authors because I have many author friends and I'm there when they're in the midst of writing their books because I've had some send me pieces or chapters or, okay, when you read this, do you visualize this person or this thought or whatever? I've, I've seen bits and books and process before when you're, when you were writing Serengeti, did you have a picture in your mind, the crew, um, what Serengeti looked like? And, um, also, um, you know, the little friends that I won't give away. Did you have those? in your mind of what they look like? Yeah. I mean, they, as you hit each character, you kind of have to stop and do a little head sketch. You know, you just figure out in your mind what they look like. Yeah. So I definitely had a good vision of Serengeti up front. And again, that's where kind of Moya came in. Cause I was like the idea of, of a smooth sided ship. I mean, all the spaceships you see are all like bristling and ugly. And I really wanted her to look sleek and smooth and, and almost pretty. So she, I definitely had a good idea of. And then basically as I went along and added characters, you have to stop for a minute and kind of figure out what they look like. Um, And it's a good way to keep it straight in your mind too when you're writing them because you want to play on those personalities. So give them little mannerisms and ways of talking so that the reader can easily differentiate one from another without constantly having to use little tags, little dialogue tags. So um, and then it's hard because after a while you're like, how do I describe this person so they look different from that person? I'll talk about their nose. I don't know. Something. <laughs> and I also tried to make sure that it was a very multicultural universe. So it's not a ship full of all white people because that's one thing that drives right. me nuts. Right. That's not the way it's going to be in the future. There's going to be all different people and they're all going to be lit out in space and and um there's so i want to make sure that it was a diverse cast of characters i'm even starting to wonder if um like in the future like we're gonna have different kind of people because like i was just finding out that like if you grew up on mars your arms and legs would be longer than someone on earth and they'd be thinner hmm. so like well that's what they think anyway well, yeah, because your muscle mass and your bone weight. Yeah, because there's you'd not have as bone much, decay. There's not as much gravity there. You know what I mean? So I mean, like if you were born on Mars and grew up, you would grow to the Martian, you know. Apps. Let's send a baby to Mars and find out. <laughs> <laughs> Go, come for on, little baby. Billy. <laughs> come on, little Billy, take one for the team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knows agriculture. He'll survive. <laughs> He's gonna grow up to look like Squidward. <laughs> Well, I've been watching um, Mike Munns introducing me to Babylon 5 and uh, season two now. Gosh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just sitting there looking at all the people. And it's sometimes I'll be watching and I'll be like, okay, they obviously look different, yet they're speaking English. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Universal you know, translators. Yes. They're everywhere. Yeah. Their genitalia all matches up, too. Suspicious. No, I'm just sitting there going, 
wait, the Narn speak English, and so, you know, and I'm just sitting there going, okay, oh, did, you know, I'm just like, okay. Well, don't, you they, be... don't they have fish in their ear or something? The Narn? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so fascinated by all these people live in and yeah, that, like, had, that had a lot of aliens, didn't it? I mean, that one yeah. had so many, more aliens than any other show, and that's what I loved about it. Well, and when I'm sitting there going, I'm like, okay, but no one is hooking up with somebody else. Like, I have a weird mind. I'll start, I'll like start watching it, and like part of the story will bypass me, because I'm like, why isn't that guy in that girl? Well, but they're two different species. Don't they hook up and make a weird baby or something? You know, like, just... <laughs> so you're imagining all these mixed alien races, like... <laughs> What, and if like, a shadow, oh what if a shadow and a nard got together with a centauri and this is starting to sound like tumblr yeah. <laughs> i think christina spent too much time at that build a droid workshop there you go <laughs> she's trying to build an alien exactly uh, speaking yeah. of do you want to tell everybody about your the draw a droid contest Real yes. quick, since she since she brought it up, <laughs> it, it's like halftime in the show. Brought to you by Draw a Droid. Um, <laughs> so there's a contest. There are two droids as seen on Twitter um, and Instagram, and Instagram, and everywhere John has posted them. Um, there are two droids that I built at Disneyland at Build a Droid. I made one Seahawks colors just because. Yay. Um, and then um, he, I probably uh, told her it looked like Kermit. He has a, <laughs> yeah. he has a Mickey hat. <laughs> yeah, and he has a Mickey hat. Um, I made one a replica of the almost the same one, but mine has a green hat, so it's not exactly the same as the contest one. Okay. And then the other one is um, it's R two ish looking with a pirate hat. Um, and in order there, you know, in order to win one, anyone can enter by drawing a droid, and Submitting it under the hashtag draw a droid contest. Ugh. Ha, what was I saying? Draw a droid <laughs> contest. Um, so you you draw it, tweet the Awesome Geek Show, um, show us your drawing. You can show it on Instagram if you want. At Super Awesome Geek Show. Yeah, at Super Awesome Geek Show. Um, just show us your drawings. Anybody can enter, and two people will win each one droid. So your name will be drawn and go for it. Let it show us your best droid or your worst. Yeah. As long as we can decipher it and tell it's a droid. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's a good caveat because worst <laughs> droid could be a lot of things. Yes. It may not be. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yes, we would like to see your droids. So please enter because it was so much fun making it. And I would love to see so many droid pictures and... Just, I want to see somebody win this one. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Who's got another question for Jen? I have one. I have one. This is Jason again. <laughs> Hi, Jason. I love this. This is, let's, um, you're, you're, uh, it, it's just us, Jen. Just the two of us here. Okay. <laughs> Everyone oh. just mute your mics for a while. Everyone can mute your mic. So, you have a moment. Let's go ahead. So, I'm looking at the artwork on the book. How mm -hmm. do you, how do you, how does that happen? How does, can you let us in on the, that creative side? You know, you've written your document, you know, your book rather. And how does the, how does the artwork, how do you select that? How do you come up with that? How does. So when you uh, work through the whole proposals pr process with the publishers, once they accept your manuscript and say, yay, we love it. We want to publish it. Right. The first thing they do is what ideas do you have for artwork? And every single time I'm like, uh, I got nothing. A robot. <laughs> so basically they solicit you for ideas and then, uh, you know, you send them a bunch of ideas and they're like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. And then they go away for a while and they're like, how about this instead? And they come back with something really cool. Oh. So at least that's been my experience. It may be different for others, but every time I've given them sort of a raw idea that was frankly not the greatest and then they've gone off and done something and it's come back phenomenal. And this one, so my, my publisher for this book is Severed Press. Uh -huh. um, they're out of Tasmania. Nice. And they just nailed it with this cover. I absolutely love this cover. It's gorgeous. It's badass. It's awesome. Well, I agree. It looks very, it's very captivating. 
I think it sits well on a shelf. Because, I mean, <laughs> let's face it. Ninety percent of people, they still when they're at the bookstore, they look, 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 ooh, pretty, and that's oh. what they grab. You know, if you see yeah. an ugly cover, you're not right. going to pick up the book unless it's an author you know. Uh. And I do the same thing. I'm raising my hand. I do the same thing. Uh. So judging I, the book I by its cover, huh? I do. You still find that to be the case in in. And uh, are, are you are you conscious of that? I mean, again, letting us in on the inside of that part of the business is 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 that discussions that you actually have with your publisher about? Hey, we really need to have something that's really going to help you know, be explicit to help, help with the book? I mean, is that an actual part of the dialogue? Well, they pretty much know that. I mean, okay. they publish, they've put out more books than I know, but obviously I have the opportunity to reject whatever they give me. And, and if I didn't like it, I would let them know and I, and I would okay. ask for something different. So you have, definitely have an opportunity. It's not like they present you with something and you have to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just very fortunate that they presented me with something. I was like, yeah, okay, that's great. Let's do, let's get that. Go with that. Actually, I, I had a choice of font and I selected the font. And here's the really, really stupid reason I picked it. They stacked the L's on my last name and I thought that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's that's almost exactly what I was just looking at while you were talking about that. When you said font, I went, oh, because the L's are stacked. Look at that. This is how shallow I am. I told you, I am not the deep ocean people want me to be. See, I don't know. See, to me, that sounds very intentional. I mean, you have a good story as as to why, because if you look at all the fonts that are available to you and all the dot pitches that are available to you, I'm just sitting there going, how the hell do you even decide Yeah. what I mean, font, what dot pitch, what line weight? I mean, my gosh, that's a whole separate outside the creative. How the heck color? do you do that? What color? Uh, I know, and luckily their artist basically did it for me, and yeah. they just gave me a choice of fonts. I'm like, that one looks cool. Oh, great. No, that's <laughs> actually, again, for a lot of the new authors that are out there that might be, you know, we can kind of kill the panic right now. That yeah. there's a lot of guidance. That there's a lot of guidance out there for them when they get to that stage. I mean, I tell you what, that's one of the reasons I've never self-published is the enormity of making all those choices. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm just too lazy for that because, yeah, you're you're on your own then. Yeah. So um, I definitely, like you said, there's you just look at how many fonts you get with default Microsoft products, but then yeah. you can go out on the Internet and buy a thousand more. Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. So I got one for the, all the graphic people who've worked on graphics. Like, you know, I've done logos and stuff like when I go through it. I mean, I, I want to know what the other people who've worked on logos and graphics do. But sometimes I'll just click on the uh, font, you know, like the selector, and just hit down on the arrow key for, you know, as I cycle yeah. through them and go, oh, wait, that one looks great. <laughs> I like that right one. Yeah. And then you got to just do it with the colors. You kind of just go cycle through the colors. Let's see. Oh, look at that one. Looks cool. <laughs> I mean, do you do that, Mad, when you're, if you're trying to come up with a, you know, just lettering or something like that? Well, um, like Wizards of the Coast, they have their already uh, licensed fonts that they use, so they usually let us know. I see. But, like which one to use? I get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then uh, personally, yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I'll just go through as long as it's not, you know, Comic Sans or, <laughs> or Papyrus. I think I'm usually pretty good. And then I'll also go to places like Blambot and poke around there and see if there's something interesting. Yeah. Hey, Mad, have you ever been in a situation where you've created your own font, or is that just something that's just? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in fact, the the Beam Dog logo is actually uh, we had one guy enter a contest. We had a logo contest like uh, about a year and a half ago, and this guy came out with a really cool font, and I actually went in and made it sort of like a personal font. Uh-huh. Like I went to uh, Illustrator and vectored it out so it was its own original thing. And so, then it sort of became my own thing because I had added so much personal like flourishes to it. Right. So, right. And that's what we use right now for our logo. Get so. the heck out! So, is there a, an official, you know, like for colors, you know, it's Pantone that has the the color registries and stuff. Is there a, a registration process that you're aware of for fonts? Um, I think so. You know, I think there's different websites that you can like oh, yeah. sort of put them on, you know, and, and sort of sell them or give and, them away or whatever you want to do. There's also programs where you can input, you know, your own handwriting, and it will create a font based on your handwriting. Based so on you your just handwriting. do A through wow. Z, and then it'll spit that out. That's kind of kind of cool and kind of creepy at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it is, right? But it's really hey. handy for people who do, like, comics and stuff. So Right, right, right. Interesting. Jason, have you had any, uh, Rigdon, have you had any experience creating a font or working with that stuff? 
No, not the creating a font. No, just just poorly using them. <laughs> <laughs> but do you cycle through when you're trying to make a logo or do something oh, yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, like kind of that same yeah. process. You just sort yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. I would suspect that would actually take quite a bit of time, right? Because that does set a mood. It's a visual mood. Yeah. Setting. I mean, there's a lot of nonverbal micro messaging that can happen just based on that. That'd drive me crazy. Well, like, I, I feel like sometimes you sometimes you don't know what you want until you see it, and then you're like, oh, that way, that's it, that's the one. I am totally like that. Yeah, I can't pick something until you give me something I don't want. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way to put it. And and by the way, since we're talking fonts, there is a Rockwell font, and it's like really boring. So if someone would fix that and come up with like a Rockwell betterer. <laughs> I would be so happy. <laughs> now, do you find in the process between a physical book and an e-book, is there is there a difference? Is there something that you need to keep in mind with respect to formatting or paragraph uh-huh. layout or anything? Or is that all that kind of handled automatically in the publishing process? I don't know if I'm I'm, I'm trying to formulate my question by by I'm thinking while I'm talking. No, but I is get that you. you're sensitive e- to. Yeah, because there are different formats for the ebooks, but luckily I just give them one file and they make magic happen. Okay, yes, it's I, really nice. <laughs> I can I can tell you from friends who self-publish who have sat there and texted me how mad they're like, oh my gosh, I don't have the format right. I'm trying to format for the ebook and it's driving me crazy. Mm. And like they'll get really pissed off because it gets rejected and they right. have to. They have to fix it. And, yeah. uh, the one for the print book went so much easier. This ebook one, I'm like, and they just pull out their hair. And like five hours later, like five hours later, they're like, I finally got it. You oh, know, and, I mean, <laughs> you can you can ask anybody who is self-published and they will tell you what a bear the ebook uh, formatting is because the pages can get off. The table of contents can get off. Oh, um, my gosh. I never thought about it that way. Everything, yeah. yeah. And, and a, a lot of the ways that Kindle does it, they try to make it. Some authors do it. Some publishing companies do it. I guess it depends on who does it. But you're supposed to be able to click on the chapter title, and it should take you there. Right. And a lot of people who do independent publishing are doing it themselves. And if they haven't found the right tool, then that's really frustrating because they set it up to do it. And I've tested it a few times for a few people and I'm clicking on it going, it is taking me nowhere. And they're just like, ah, and you know, so I have some, for some people I have like five different files of their book in my Kindle documents <laughs> because it's like, <laughs> so I have to go through and delete those because I'm like, well, I have like five copies of your books and then I bought the real copy. Right. You know? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I know, I know, I know she, that's what's lucky. I wanted to actually take a class on formatting and stuff so that I can tell authors, Hey, independence, Hey, send me your book. I'll format for you and load it obviously for a fee. Um, <laughs> but, but I, you know, I have like five friends. I'm like, I won't charge you though, because we're good friends and I know you struggle. And then I'm like, well, but you got to tell your friends though, because at this point, five people are not paying me, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, you could be your own little, e-publishing house once you figure it all out because it, it is true that each one is slightly different right yes and i think that isn't it true um jen that the covers are a little bit different when you do um print book and um ebook i think the dimensions or something yeah all the dimensions with the ebooks are kind of wonky compared to print books so yeah i have maximum respect for the people that do all this the self-publishing because they got to do all that stuff on their own and what a pain in the butt so so jennifer what 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 program do you when you're writing you're sitting at your desk and it's all alone and you have your cup of tea and you're staring at your cats and, and you're and you're and you're writing your book. Uh-huh. She has Paint cats. the picture I know, right there. Real, you know? right? What? I already ratted myself out on the cats thing with the uh, with the candle light and the flickering in the corner. Yes. What what, uh, what exactly what program are you using to actually do your writing in? Is it is it as simple as a word programming? Is it like a word processor or is yep, it something? It's, it, it's just Microsoft Word. That's it. And okay. and I'd love to use Scrivener, which has a whole package of tools, but I don't have the time to invest in it right now so maybe someday when i make my millions and i can quit the day job and write full time because it's an amazing tool i just don't have the time for right now so i'm just low tech and use word i'm I'm glad you said how it's pronounced because here's another thing i read it as screenwriter don't ask (laughs) me why and probably not even spelt that way it's just how my mind reads it 
And I know a lot of people love it. And then there's some people who are just learning it and they absolutely hate it. Now, that's the that's the one I was told is easiest to it will format the stuff for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, yeah, for it'll, 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 yeah. It spits it out in a nice oh. ebook format. It does a lot of it for you. So it's great for that. Wow. So, so, Matt, I guess the same question for you. So for the work that you do, is there a particular – and I'm thinking about not only for me as a newbie, but for our listeners who might be, hey, how do I get started? Where do I even begin? What about you? Is there is there kind of a default or factor when you start to do your creative process of 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 a software that you use in particular? Um, that Well, I I use primarily Photoshop. Okay. So I have, a, I have my own copy at home, and then I have – the really awesome creative suite at work. And then, uh, and for me personally, sketchbooks. I mean, that's a given. Do you, do you actually like to sketch your things before, like say if they come up with something new, do you ever have to create a new thing for a game? Uh, often. Like all the time, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So do you sketch it first by hand on paper or do you just go straight to the computer? Um, at work, I yeah. I have a Cintiq, so I just draw straight onto the screen. Okay, so you can just do all your sketching just on the, the yeah, tab, I, the and then at there. home, I at home I have a Cintiq too, thankfully. Okay, okay. So I it's just giant screen that I can draw directly onto. But I also, thankfully, because a lot of my local friends are really into ink and and pen, like you know, and paper, that you know, I have a lot of sketchbooks and go to drink and draws and you know. Yeah. And then if I come up with a good idea, I'll try to transcribe that into my work, if they'll allow it. <laughs> I need to find my local drink and draw. This just sounds like a good time. Oh, yeah. it's so much fun. What about and right? Then you yeah, drink and the, write. Yeah, and then you end up drawing the waitress, and then, like, if you're lucky, you'll get a discount. If not, they're insulted, and then they're charging you a lot. <laughs> Spill coffee on you. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I, I thought it was drunken doodling. Is it, there's coffee? That doesn't work for me. <laughs> coffee? What is this nonsense? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, I do have a question. Are you, Jen, one of the many authors that drink some form of alcohol while they write? <laughs> Jeez. It is so, true. A lot of the great authors were all alcoholics, right? So this is the sad thing is having just made that joke, I don't even drink. Oh, wow. See? Oh. Ironically, I worked at a liquor store for a while, though. So that was really weird. Well, and I, it's so funny because I see many authors and they're like, oh, I can't write. So some go to coffee shops, which is, you know, where you think you see them. But then there's uh, some no. that are like, I need to have like five martinis before I can start this book. I'm like, is it that bad that you need to be drunk before you go? I mean, are you getting to a horrible part of your story? Or, you know, they're like, I have remembered nothing I just wrote because, you know. I, well, I did, just... did Hunter S. Thompson ever write when he wasn't? On anything? <laughs> there you go. I don't think he did. <laughs> so, Jennifer, do you have a celebratory thing, like when you're on the last page or the last word of your of your book? Do you have a, a you know, a, 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 you know, you light a cigarette and <laughs> you know you go to the beach house? Do you run, do you run around or... the coffee table with your arms <laughs> yes. in the air? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. I'm done. <laughs> Is there some kind of ritual that you, I mean, do you have any, well, let me expand that. Do you have a ritual or do you have any superstitions that you need to be wearing a certain sweater or a certain, you know, a certain event needs to happen or needs to end on a certain day of the week or something like that? that you can uh, let's see. So no superstitions because that would require like planning and organization. So no. Uh, no cigarettes, because I watched Misery. That didn't end well. <laughs> um, so my so like celebrations. It's uh, I don't have anything planned. It's, it's usually the coffee just, table. You run around, yay! It's mostly like that, yeah, like or just sitting on the couch, and I just do the yes, you know. Um, and, and then, then usually the followed by. There's usually some <laughs> celebratory chocolate. And then screw this. I'm not writing for a couple of weeks because I'm tired now. So yeah. that's about it for me. What kind? What kind? What kind of chocolate? Um, it, the, <laughs> Jason the darker really the better. Wants to know? No, no. Yeah. I didn't. This is, I'm getting into your soul here. What kind I of dark, dark chocolate, chocolate with salt, uh, caramel, or just straight? Or 
I, I do like like the salted caramel chocolate. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. So, but mostly it's like just straight dark chocolate is, and if it, it, I like the really dark stuff that's like almost bitter. Because yeah. I've got a bitter soul. No. And it's really, <laughs> and it's actually really good for you. Oh yeah. Um, yes, that's why I eat it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Don't they say yes. that you get some iron or something from it, right? Uh, well, I chew nails, so I'm okay. Oh, oh yeah. 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 I do, too. I do it's fine, yeah. Okay, I have a funny, funny question. And now, mm-hmm. this is something, it's not actually a question, it's a fact. It's gearing away from it. When I introduced you, I forgot to tell the gang that I first started talking to you after a group of us watched the Star Wars Christmas special together. Yes. Uh, Which... And yeah. that cracks me up, by the way, that you haven't read a lot of sci- sci-fi books, but you're like this rabid Star Wars fan. I just <laughs> can't can't quite figure that one out. <laughs> I'm I'm, a, I'm eclectic in that, it, you know. I was when I was doing the book blogging and all that kind of stuff. I was heavily into the fantasy, the romance, the uh, N was it N A? Yeah, N A. All those. You know, I read them all, you know, the teen books, the way should be X-rated R500 books. Kinky. And so I get I get to my first sci-fi book and I'm going so slow and tortured. um, uh, Poor Mr. 34 or 3024 there. I, you know, I'm sitting there going so slow and, and I'm like. I'm sorry, it's my first one I've ever read, you know, because I'm trying, with all those other books, I'm sorry to say the the books that are um, romance or relational or teeny bopper or whatever, I will say they are predictable, they are easy to read, you read through them, anybody has some kind of issue, it's resolved, people fight, people break up, then it's resolved at the end. Uh, I will tell you that in that world, to me, all the books are the same. They just have a different message somewhere, but they all flow the same. And so I was able to read them super fast. But when I got to the sci-fi world, I found that I had to slow down because there was details and I didn't want to miss, I didn't want to miss those details. I wanted to soak them up, you know, just. Christina, yeah. I have a question then. So you, do you, you think, you're, are you trying to say that like uh, you found science fiction and maybe fantasy a little bit more non-formulaic where like the romance and that stuff seems to be very formulaic? Right. Um, I find the sci-fi world can be so diversely different um, that, you know, there could be worlds, there could be different characters, so many different details, guns, shooters, ships, uh um, space pirates, uh, AI, little robots. I mean, everything everywhere, which I love. I find it so fascinating and so much fun, but there's so many details that I, I feel like it, I'm not, I can't. And what, that's what I liked about Serengeti. I couldn't predict the way it was going to go in my mind. I like sat there on the edge of my seat going, okay, okay, okay. You know what I mean? Like I wanted, I, I was waiting for the next thing around the corner because I didn't know what it was going to be. Yeah. Whereas, Whereas other books that aren't sci-fi that follow, they follow, okay, this person was doing this and they had an issue and they met this person and then they were friends for a while and then they connected and then they were together and then they had this problem and this one issue that they didn't tell each other broke them up for three weeks or a month and look, then they resolved it and they're back together and they fix their issues and the book is over. He's you out know? there with the radio above his head going, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. In the rain going, I love you. <laughs> yeah. Um, 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 yeah. So that's what I love because I find I was like, this is so refreshing. I just read a book. And then when I read um, Mike's book, uh, Zeus is Dead, same thing. I mean, I didn't know how it was going to go. And it had what I loved. I love Greek mythology. So you hook me on a something like Serengeti hooked me on the ship and the crew and the people and the relationships. I was like, you hook me on something and I'm in there. I'm in the book and I'm riding the, the ship till the end. You know, same with Zeus was dead. I hooked on the Greek mythology character and goes, what are they going to do next? You know, it, and it was like a surprise around every corner or I didn't know what was going to happen around every corner, which kept me moving. And it, you know, that's, 
that's good book writing. If you if you keep me in the book, then that's good book writing. I've picked up even several some other books that authors have asked me to test, and I start reading, and I'm like, it's been two hours, and I'm not even past chapter three yet. <laughs> you know, and I sit there, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to finish this, and then I go, I feel so bad. I don't even like the character, like. <laughs> And I've I've actually emailed them back saying, I'm sorry, I can't get through this book. <laughs> and it breaks my heart because I know that someone's hard work. Yeah. You but, know. but, you know, I, I always tell people that I don't think you have to be discouraged by that or feel weird about it. Because didn't Stephen King say it was over 100 people that hated it and turned him down, publishers and all these other people who wrote it and they thought he'd never make mm -hmm. it? You know, mm -hmm. something yeah, like that, that, right? Absolutely. It was quite a bit. Yeah. Right. He was he's got like. I think he saved like hundreds of letters too <laughs> that were just in denials, you know? And all the big authors are like that. It's the same way with JK Rowling. And, and the, the bottom line is it's impossible to write a book that everyone's going to like. Yeah. And as much as you want everyone to love it, it's just, it, you can't, it's just not going to happen. And you're right, Christina, if you don't connect with the characters, how can you get through a book? So you have to find something in a book that really speaks to you. And I've put down several even from authors that I really like that I just couldn't connect with either. So there's nothing, you shouldn't feel bad about that at all. Right. And, and I, I was telling, um, I have two friends that write and they're sending me their stuff and they go, does this person, you know, and they're asking me for, we're good friends and they're asking me for brutal honesty. And I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, does this character, can you connect with this character? And one I told, I said, no, the character's a little standoffish and I actually finding myself not caring what she has to say. And she goes, okay, thank you. That helps, you know, mm -hmm. because, yeah. you know, they want to make a book. And then in the same breath, they're sitting there going, I'm like, your books are so good. I wish more people would read them. But, and they're all, but they're getting buried by all these other small um, independent people that have made it big. And it's like, well, do I write the same book as them and, but a different story? And ta-da, my book is going to hit it big because it's the next this or do I craft a story of my own and hope that it catches on? And, you know, it's, I, I, and all the people I know read romance, YA, all this <laughs> other stuff. And I have to, I've had to convince them by Serengeti, by 3024, by Zeus's dad, you know, and they're like, well, Christina, that's not the book I, type of books I like. And I'm like, but I've read them. And I've read the books you've read, and I'm telling you, you'll like them. You know, I'm literally, <laughs> I like she said, I'm her biggest fan. I'm literally, like, shaking people, like, buy, buy this book. <laughs> you know? uh, I, I think I, you've crossed the line into pimp. Yes, yes. You, can, you can ask many, many an author where I'm just like, will you please buy this book? Because seriously, and I have um handed people i think i've even handed people one of dean's books before like here read this you know <laughs> and you then you start smacking them around the head and shoulders read it damn it read yeah it exactly <laughs> read this book if you liked this book you'll really like this book you know and it's it, that's just me i get so passionate about the book it's like i just read the most wonderful thing why won't everybody read this come on you know it's like star wars why won't everybody like it you know? <laughs> christina brings up christina brings up a great point jennifer and that is if if we want to buy your if we want to buy your book is there a particular avenue that the listeners we can all go to that you'll receive more of the proceeds because obviously you I mean you want to do this you want to you want to the, the thrill of writing but it's also if you can make some money at it like you're talking about earlier gosh if you could just do this you know as as your sole job if we want to support you what would be a good way that you would get the most proceeds from the book I mean is it simply buying it from an Amazon or is it going somewhere else Yeah pretty I mean basically my contract with my publisher says that I get you know, X amount of royalties for each format of book. That's the way okay. it works. And so for me, the, the venue that it's bought through doesn't make so much of a okay. difference. And, um, you know, being a the, severed press is like a smaller midsize publisher, which unfortunately means you don't get bookshelf space in the big box bookstores. Okay. Um, so really, yeah, Amazon's the main outlet. Okay. And you, and you can buy it in all of the, so all three formats, ebook, paperback and audiobook there. 
Okay, so Sweet. so yeah. those are the, so from a royalty perspective, from your perspective, it doesn't matter if I buy a Kindle version versus the paperback version, which there is a slight price difference. That in, in yeah. your side of the side, that that doesn't matter. Just buy it. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> okay. buy the book, damn it. Okay. okay. Listen to Christina. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I, and and I and I am and I am. <laughs> Well, I was going to say on on this uh, note of passion that Christina has for books, Boy. why don't uh, you carry us on out? And because um, Jason and I are going to have to get going soon to get to our store meeting. <laughs> Yay! Very exciting. <laughs> yes, yes. Our day job is calling. Mm. <laughs> Hello. Hello. And I don't know why they do it on our day off. Yeah, well, <laughs> they've always done it yes, on the day off. Jason and I's day off, and we have to go into work every time. When I still yeah. worked there, they used to do that, and it drove me crazy. <laughs> well, they don't pay you, right? It's your <laughs> day off. Well, you get it. It's it's a weird way it works, but you do get paid. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, one. they tell me that too, and I never get paid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you keep thinking that little buckaroo. <laughs> Whatever gets you through the day. So you want me to carry us out? Yay! You could okay, sing I'm a song. Gonna, I'm, I'm gonna pit, you and, all and, jump yeah, in my and, arms and, and I'll carry and you out. Sure, and make sure to pitch her Twitter and all the other, you know. Oh, 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 okay. Um, all right. Well, thanks, guys. You for oh, isn't there a contest too? Um, yeah. <laughs> this is great. Um, draw a droid oh, hashtag draw a droid at Twitter and at Instagram. Yes, and tweet them to at Awesome Geek Show. Please, I want to see the pictures of these cute little things. You can have your kids draw it. You can draw it. Your grandma can draw it. Your dog can draw one. You know, enter. Um, Dude, if someone's dog draws something that looks like an astromech droid, I am going to be impressed. Yes. <laughs> that dog wins. That dog wins. There you go. Yes. And then you should buy Serengeti. The link will be in the podcast description, hopefully. Yeah. We'll um, make sure it's there. And uh, please read it. Share it with your friends. Um, tell Jennifer how much you loved it. Um, tell the rest Remember of us. Remember that she prefers Jen. Jen, yes. Um, you I feel like follow- I'm in trouble right now, Jennifer. <laughs> I'm Jennifer. the same way when people say Christina because other people have a nicknames for me. So, but I've just dealt with it. Um, <laughs> you should follow her at Wait. Rockwell underscore JB. Christina is one of them. Chrissy P, the pimp. <laughs> Chrissy yeah, P, some- the book pimp. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I got my cane, man, <laughs> and the fluffy feathered hat. Yes, exactly. <laughs> nice. I got swagger. And the and then what did I gave your Twitter and I said to buy the book and um, don't you have a contest to win a copy? Oh, oh yeah. There I'm going to do a giveaway. So I'm going to have that up on my website, www.jenniferbrockwell.com. I'm going to put it up on my blog tonight and I will be giving away a signed paperback copy of Serengeti. Ooh. Yay. So, Yay. so it, it'll be open through, let's say through Friday. We'll give few people a few days. Um, so go over there and there's instructions in the blog. It'll tell you how to enter and uh, the lucky winner will be notified on the website. This will be posted first thing Monday. Tomorrow okay. morning. Okay. <laughs> then record. I will get the, the blog up by Monday. Awesome. <laughs> Yay. Yay! <laughs> And please, please, people, if you're out there and you buy any author's book, tell them what you thought of it. Leave a review on Amazon. I, I, I can't say more. I, I try. I, I feel like I'm the most excited person when it comes to people's work. When it comes to my friends, I'm like the most passionate person that wants their stuff seen, their stuff read, and to the point of I start to annoy myself. So, um, yes, please. Just, Even if you didn't like it, you know, it's, it's, right. you learn from the things people didn't like. So just be kind. Don't be mean. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Well and if usually, yeah. if usually if I don't like, I don't say anything. Your fox, <laughs> your fox only has one eye open. You're, you're going down. <laughs> so offended. <laughs> I did have one guy who hated the robots. Like, hated oh, them. How yeah. dare! I couldn't believe it. Like, that was the one thing. He's like... I just thought the robots were terrible and I couldn't stand them. And I was like, dude, wow. Okay. 
His parents Sorry? were killed by robots. <laughs> Evidently. <laughs> or maybe he wanted some of those sex bots you guys were talking about. <laughs> ago. I don't know. <laughs> that was an awesomely awkward show. <laughs> I felt both honored and embarrassed that my book was mentioned in that show. Was, <laughs> just so we're clear, there's no sex bots in Serengeti. Okay, let's just be clear on that. <laughs> Adam's going to be depressed. <laughs> I felt so, I'm like, I, I started talking about your book and I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? <laughs> it was like the strangest like, comedy ever. Like, whoa, where did that come from? Where is this going now? <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, I think because I loved your book so much, they said, AI, I'm all Serengeti. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Christina, for that. You're welcome. Thank you for getting Jen to join us. Yay. It was awesome. Thank you for letting me come and prattle on. It was awesome. It was great having you here. And I do love your fox. Yay. All, all jokes aside. <laughs> Actually, I had a friend draw that fox for me, so they'll be honored that you liked it. No, it's really good. I do. I like yeah. it. Yeah. It's adorable. Yes, I love it. I like having that up more than my face because I look at the picture. I'm like, oh, oh, no. No, let's put the box up. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got a webcam or some other kind of thing, sometimes it's hard to get. I mean, Jason knows <laughs> it's hard to get yourself looking normal. <laughs> I was going, which Jason are you talking about? <laughs> no, Rigdon and I have gone yeah. out a few times and been like, I'm way too red. Why do I look so red? Yeah. Oh, what's going on with this thing? <laughs> Jason problems. said, you look purple. What <laughs> <laughs> here? <laughs> No, the fox, was... the fox is good. And what did the fox say? It said, buy Serengeti is what the fox said. Damn it. <laughs> this is the most fun of show in a while. <laughs> All right. Jason Rigdon, Jason yes. Connolly, Sir. Mad B, Christina Pryor. Thanks a lot for joining me. And Jen, J.B. Rockwell, Serengeti. Check it out. <clears throat> Thanks a lot for joining us. I really appreciate you being on the show with us. This was fun. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for inviting me. Awesome. And uh, you want to kill it? We want to give us a call out, Jen. Just say uh, thanks for listening and see you later. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Super awesome geek show. It's super. It's awesome. It's a geek show. Listen more often. And the link <laughs> to this one will be up. So listen to it. Go to my website. Enter for the book. Buy Serengeti. Super awesome geek show. Number one. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Keep it geeky out there, everyone, and we'll talk to you next time on the Super Awesome Geek Show. Bye! Woo! <laughs> All right, that was cool. You've been listening to the Super Awesome Geek Show with John Adams, Jason Rigdon, Eric Locke, Matt B., and Rob Clifford. The Super Awesome Geek Show is part of Kingdom of the Geeks. We put up new episodes every Friday. You can find us on iTunes and on the website at superawesomegeekshow.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash superawesomegeekshow. Follow us on Twitter at awesomegeekshow. And if you'd like to help, you can support us on Patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash superawesomegeekshow. Or make one of the purchases of our fine toys, art, and collectibles on the eBay store, stores.ebay.com slash kingdomofthegeeks. All your support does help, and we really, really appreciate it. If you'd like to be on the show, just contact us, superawesomegeekshow at gmail.com. Well, that about wraps it up. Thanks a lot for listening, and see you next Friday on the Super Awesome Geek Show! Super Awesome Geek Show!